0: Hi, everybody. Welcome uh, to another of our online Bible Institute lessons. And um, we're uh, we're working through the Old Testament together. This is our third course on the Old Testament. This is actually the third lesson. And um, so I'm, I'm glad we can dig into this together. Just sort of an interesting fact, we uh, are over 1,050 students now in our um, Bible Institute from all over the world. So very encouraged about that. Uh, always happy to have... Uh, people joining in who are just excited to learn and to continue to press in and to be a small part of that. So we're um, working through this uh, Old Testament course together, and we um, we sort of were in the book of Ezekiel when we were last together, and I didn't get to this last chapter and uh, thought I would mention it to you before we um, continue on. But in Ezekiel 28, there's, uh, there's actually a pretty interesting description of the evil one. Uh, it begins in... Uh, Verse 11, says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, ruby, topaz, and emerald, chrysolite, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. And on the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy Mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the Mount of God. I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who are watching. All the nations who knew you were appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. So um, the the king of Tyre um, sort of made claims uh, of being divine, much like the enemy. And so this was the response to that. In the process, but I think it's pretty interesting, and, and uh, so I wanted to make sure that I drew your attention to that until we continue to press on here. So, um, you know, we've been looking at uh, uh Daniel and, and um, uh, the the uh the exile, the people of God were in exile and uh, uh in Babylon, and then um the Persians have come in now, and one of the things they do is begin to release the uh, peoples that uh. Babylon had in captivity. And so we're going to see that with the people of Israel over a period of time. There's kind of three waves that are um, released that we're going to look at. uh, And um, we'll uh, we'll be talking about that here in just a moment. There's many different Persian kings that you're going to be reading about over the next period of time in the scripture. So just so you sort of know, I'll put a list in the notes. Um, but, you know, there's Cyrus and there's Cambyses, Darius, Xerxes, Artaxerxes, Darius II, Artaxerxes II, Artaxerxes the uh, Arxus, Darius III. So, um, you're going to see the names of these kings popping in and out just so you have an idea of what they were doing. And, uh, and during the, the reign of the Persians in this process. So um prophetically you know we um we know some things that are happening like in Isaiah 45:13 uh, Isaiah prophesied I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness I will make all his ways straight he will rebuild my city and set my exiles free but not for a price or reward says the Lord Lord Almighty and if you, uh, you see Cyrus actually proclaims that that God directs him to build a house for him in Jerusalem 2nd Chronicles uh 36:22 and 23 In the first year of Cyrus King of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus King of Persia to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus King of Persia says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Uh, Any one of his people among you, may the Lord his God be with him and let him go up. So Cyrus fulfills his prophecy in Isaiah, and uh, that prophecy, uh, and another prophecy in Isaiah 48, 12, 20, listen to 120 years earlier, Isaiah 48, 20, leave Babylon free from the Babylonians, announce with, with shouts of joy and proclaim it, send it out to the ends of the earth, say the Lord has redeemed his servant, Jacob. So um, prophetically, we see all these things were happening and now we're gonna see them start to take place. So the first wave of exiles takes uh, out of there in around 539 BC. Uh, and they're gonna go under Zerubbabel. And so now we're into the book of Ezra. Uh, and uh, in Ezra 2, we uh, we get some information on this, verse 64, uh, and following the whole company numbered 42,360. Besides their 7,337 men servants and maid servants. And they also had 200 men and women singers and they had 736 horses, 245 mules. 435 camels, 6,720 donkeys. And when they arrived at the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, some of the heads of the families gave free will offerings towards uh, the rebuilding of the house of God on its site. According to their ability, they gave to the treasury for this work, 61,000 drachmas of gold, 5,000 minas of silver, 100 priestly garments. The priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants settled in their own towns, along with some of the other people, and the rest of the Israelites settled in their towns. Also, um, uh, the, um, the articles that were taken from the temple were given to Zerubbabel uh, to be taken back and placed in the rebuilt temple. So here, here now this first wave is, has permission to go and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. But there's a group of people that uh, uh, aren't for this, and uh, it's the people that have been sort of left there, uh, and have been fending for themselves. They don't want to see things sort of get back to the way they're supposed to be. So they begin to put up a, a fight, to a push back. They don't want to see the temple rebuilt. And so they they actually accuse these people of coming in to rebuild the walls, but that's not what's happening. They they only have permission to rebuild the temple at this point. Come rebuilding the walls would have had a military impact. And so so they're they're not supposed to do that. They're just supposed to begin to rebuild the temple. And so uh, uh, Tatnai, um, he asked Darius uh, at the time, who's the king, to search the ur- ur- archives that a, a king had actually given permission to rebuild the temple. And and they're going to go and search for that in Ezra 5. And um, they're going to find out that there was indeed this order that's in place for the, the is- people of Israel to rebuild the temple in what's happening. And uh, so in Ezra 6, they're searching for it. Darius is looking for it. And um, they're going to go ahead and find that, and everything's going to get straightened out. And so there they go. And then uh, under Ezra, there's another return of people uh, in 457 BC. Uh, And in chapter 7, we see this after these things. uh, Verse 1, during the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, son of Saraiah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitab, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Meriath, the son of Zariah, the son of Uzi, the son of Buki, the son of Abushua, the son of Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra came up from Babylon. He was a teacher well-versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. The king had granted him everything he asked for the hand of the Lord his God was on him. Some of the Israelites, including priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and temple servants also came up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. And Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. So this is the second wave of people returning to Jerusalem to um, continue to press in and restoring the temple and all that goes with it. When Ezra gets there, though, um, one of the things he's discovered is that the... um, the the people who the the men who were returning from captivity were intermarrying with the the women that were there and this was something they were not supposed to do and it causes a huge problem and you can read through that in Ezra chapter 9 and what that looks like and and uh how they deal with that so um so now they're they're trying to sort of reestablish themselves and they want to do that by uh, uh you know uh as God had told them to, to stay in families and tribes in that whole process. Well, now we are uh, up to Nehemiah. I'm sure you've heard of Nehemiah, and uh, we're around 445 B.C., and this is sort of the third wave of uh, people going back to Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1, the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, In the month of Kislev, in the twelfth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. So um, it's been uh, about 140 years since, in this time um, since the walls had been destroyed by the invasion of Nebuchadnezzar and uh, Nehemiah has his burden to go back now and rebuild the walls. The temple's very much underway, um, but the walls are still torn down, which makes everybody there very vulnerable. And so Nehemiah, who um, has access to Artaxerxes at the time, the king, he goes to him with the situation, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad and why, uh, when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. And I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And the king said to me, what is it you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king. And if your servant has found favor in his sight. Let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild it. And then the king with the queen sitting behind him asked me, How long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple, and for the city wall, and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted me my request. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. Now, again, this isn't gonna go without a fight. And uh, there's some people there that, uh, for lots of different reasons, don't want the walls rebuilt. So they, they're they gonna try and stop this from happening. And yet God is with Nehemiah. And the walls of Jerusalem are actually rebuilt in 444 B.C. And the Nehemiah is governor there for 12 years. Nehemiah 615 15 to 16. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. So, so the temple's been worked on. Um, the walls are back up in Jerusalem. And then, interesting, Ezra and Nehemiah get together to continue the reforms there. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, we, um, we, we start to see what's going on, as they, they're now together there, and they're working together. All the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women who were all able to understand He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattitia, Shema, Ananiah, pardon me, Uriah, Hilkiah, Messiah, 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 Massy. Here's the thing. When you're reading Old Testament names, you gotta, you can't do what I just did. You gotta act like you know what they mean and just keep pressing through. Messiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashpadenah, Zechariah, and Meshalim. Ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded. Amen and amen. And they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, uh, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Aqab, Shebatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Josabat, Hanan, Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is sacred to the Lord, your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So uh, here, this amazing thing happens and the, the things are starting to come together again, uh, in Jerusalem and, and, uh, and so it's a, it's a fascinating time. The exile is over. They're heading back. The temple's being rebuilt. Remember, um, we've talked about this. One of the things that was supposed to happen was the temple, was, when the temple was rebuilt, that um, the, the prophets all said that the presence of the Lord would come back into the temple. But it doesn't happen until about 400 years after this when Jesus shows up. And then uh, Jesus starts alluding to the fact that he's actually the temple. He's the place where heaven and earth meet. And uh, so that's a fascinating time. But all these things are building up to that. And I would just encourage you to continue to press in, get your readings done, and um, really dig into all that's happening here in the Old Testament. It's a fascinating journey. And we'll pick it up there and we'll continue on when we get together next time. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.